Welcome to Trandy Senate. I'm Joe, and I'm the dad. And I'm Raya, and I'm the daughter. What happens when you have two parents of the same sex, well, they're not parents yet, who decide they want to adopt or they want to be foster parents? What happens to the children that are involved? How do they fare? This is going to be a really good conversation. Dad, I have a letter here from an email. It says, Hi, Joe and Raya. I recently started listening to your podcast, and I appreciate the positivity you bring in all of your conversations. I have a question that's been nagging at me, though. I hope it's not rude, but you did ask for questions. And yes, we did. Thank you for writing in. They go on to write, How can children raised by LGBTQ plus parents have proper role models of both genders? Don't children need a mother and a father figure for balanced development? Can't having LGBTQ plus parents confuse a child's understanding of gender and sexuality? Thanks in advance. Well, we did a little research. Where did we find something, Raya? So uh, we did find an article. This is at the ncfr.org website. This comes from the National Council on Family Relations. We found a paper called LGBTQ Plus Parents and Their Children. We'll have the link in this episode's description. This is a paper that was written by Charlotte Patterson, Rachel Farr, and Abby Goldberg, all our PhDs, talking about exactly this issue. They come out right up front and they say, remember, this is a diverse group. We're not all of the, the same uh, financial status. We're not of the same background. We're not of the same education. We're not of the same anything. Uh, it, we are as diversified as America. The research shows that LGBTQ plus parents generally make as good of parents as anybody else, and the children, uh, quote unquote, turn out the same as any other children. Now, there are some factors that make a difference. For example, one of the factors that makes a difference is whether or not those children are going to a school that is a little bit more uh, open to uh, people who are either LGBT or they are, are involved with parents that are. And if there are people in that school that are open to that, it is a plus for the kids. On the other hand, if they're in a, in a school or a city or a state where there's a lot of problems, it can be a little bit more difficult for them. But putting all that aside... If you just look at how do they turn out, what what's the bottom line? Where do they end up? The same as anyone. The same else. as anyone. And in this particular paper that we're looking at now, at this time it was actually difficult for them to find a lot of studies looking at transgender parents or other gender minority parents and their children. Most of the studies at the time this this was written look at. Um, lesbian mothers and gay fathers. The first thing that they noticed was that parents, by and large, are generally healthy and well-adjusted. And many studies found that lesbian and gay parents are indistinguishable from heterosexual parents in terms of overall mental health and adjustment. 
And the findings also show that many sexual minority parents experience satisfying relationships with their partners and engage in positive parenting practices uh, with their children. Now, this just makes sense, again, because what children really need more than anything else is loving role models to guide them. You know, you think about it, nobody says uh, to a, a single mother or a single father, how dare you? How dare you raise them like that? What we do is we say, good for you, because that must be very difficult for you, and it's good that you are there for your child, don't we? Oh, absolutely. B but yet, for some reason, when, we, when it comes to uh, LGBTQ plus parents, where they have two loving parents, we say, oh, you know, I don't know. That might be more difficult. Well, no, that doesn't make any sense. We all know that when you have loving parents, that's the most important thing. And I can actually talk about this from my own experience. I have a very close friend from high school that shortly after high school, when she was in college, uh, she came out as lesbian and she got married, oh, I don't know, probably five, ten years after uh, getting out of high school. And she's still together with her wife. They've been together for, I don't know, a long, long time now. I don't know how long. Oh, but I'll bet 35 years. 30 years. I don't think that long. Well, a long, yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm, old. Yeah. I'm at that period in life where I forget. In my mind, it seems like about 15 years, well, so I it probably is 30. I think... Uh, we 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 lived where we where we lived pa in the past. We lived there almost thirty years, and we lived here now almost five. And was it not long? Yeah, yeah, you're right. 20, Maybe twenty five years. Tw it so whatever matter. it is, it doesn't. Does they're they're well adjusted. And the last time that I spoke with her, uh, she said to me, "You know, we live in the suburbs. I, you know, I help. I, I do what we need to do." Uh, for our daughter, and, you know, we take her to school, we're on the PTO or whatever they were doing at the time, and she said, you know, honestly, it just is not something that I even think about much anymore. Mm -hmm. It doesn't even occur to me that th people would think differently because this is just life for us right now. Right, and so if you're imagining a household that's different, you're imagining something that isn't there. Yes, it's different in that each household is different, but you, any household you imagine is not going to be exactly as you thought it was, but it's going to be exactly as families are. That's the message we're trying to uh, come uh, deliver here. I mentioned there's less work done with transgender parents, but there has been some work done, and the work that has been done basically runs parallel. That transgender parents... Basically, you see the same thing playing out there that you see here and in, it, that you see with gay and lesbian parents. And I have actually a friend at work that was telling me recently he's a, a transgender man. He's not out to anybody, but he and I spoke just because we're we're trans. And so we kind of got together behind the scenes and thought, let's get You know, we'll we'll get together and have a little support group. And so we meet periodically. We've actually only met one time. But he was telling me his story, and he is married to a transgender woman. And they decided several years ago to have kids. So then he carried the child. Mm. And so that did make things a little bit awkward in certain places around the community for a little bit. 
And then after he had the child, then, you know, they've gone on and, and that was, you know, they're, now they're a regular well-adjusted family and most people around them don't even know, don't think about it, anything like that. It just, they just live their lives as a family. Research also shows that what they find in America or in the UK occurs in many countries around the world. It's the same situation. They, they find that those who are really raised in a, in a well-adjusted family turn out just fine. Now, if they don't, it, like every other family, there are some families that are really um, not well-adjusted at all. And there, there could be problems. On the other hand, I had a grade school friend who lived in a family that was uh, almost not there. And he turned out just fine, which is kind of interesting. You wouldn't expect it, but you, everybody makes their way. And if, it, if you have a situation like that, it's going to be different for each person. There are no two alike. There's no two families alike. No. And there's no perfect parent. Every one of us has problems. Every well, one I'm of us. I'm disappointed to hear that. Yeah. I thought I was a perfect parent. <laughs> well, let's have a talk about that. <laughs> uh, we, no parent is perfect. Every every parent has issues and problems, and some are and quirks. Quirks. Some are better than others, of course. Mm -hmm. Just like anything, just like any family, but you do not see a correlation between being gay or lesbian or transgender and being a worse parent in any way. Now, the letter did have the question about, well, don't they need different role models? Isn't Won't they be confused? What do you think about that? What, do you think that that will make the child confused about, I'm, I'm trying to even think what would be confusing? Will they not understand what it means to be a man or a woman? Well, each no man is exactly the same as the next man. They're all different. Uh, some are more some are more sports oriented. Some are more interested in other things in it. And if that's going to be the role model you're choosing as as to what they're interested in, they're all different. All women are different. Uh, some are. Some are uh, just very uh, women that are very shy. There's people that are very open. There's people that are very uh, soft and tender. There are others that could be really rough and very outspoken. They're all di people are different. Everybody's different. In it, nothing is going to be different from the people who are. LGBTQ than any other part of any family anywhere. Once you know us, it becomes much easier to see that. But it's hard if you don't have anyone around you, if you don't know any LGBTQ plus people, 
it can be easy to manufacture stories in your mind of what you think we must be like and what things must be going, you know, that you go over there and it's a rowdy party every night and they're doing all kinds of things that you couldn't talk about in, you know, in normal <laughs> society, which I'm sure is true in exactly the equal amounts as it's true for for heterosexual people. Well, I will say, if you don't know anybody who is LGBTQ, then you don't know anybody. Because you may not know that you know them, but they're there, one in ten, really. If you, as, as, the, as the definition has expanded, that's what they say now, in, in pro- probably one out of ten. Dad, I want to talk a little bit about my story because I think when we talk about uh, the the kids and we talk about raising kids, I think that my story is the one that, number one, I, I'm the closest to because I lived it. But there's a lot of misconceptions that I think that people that were not part of the story maybe don't exactly realize and by no means do I have a perfect relationship with all my kids. I do my best. But just like, I, uh, just like any parents, I have seven kids. And some kids at any given time are going to be uh, happier with the way that I'm parenting them. And some kids will be less happy with it. I can remember a time when you, you and your sister were arguing about something rather than you. And you you came to me, both of you came to me and said, well, you always take her side. And the other one said, oh, you always take her side. I said, well, wait a minute. Let's, let's just see what, what this is. Uh, what do you think? I, I, t- I turned to one and I said, what do you think? And she said, oh, you always take her side. And I turned to the other one and said, what do you think? Oh, you always take. I said, well, if that's the way you both think, must be just about equal. <laughs> and that is, isn't that how it is? And I appreciate what you did with that story of, <laughs> of, of just affirming me by taking who I am now and putting that back onto the past. That does mean a lot to me oh, yeah. to remember the story that way. Uh, with my kids, there's always that. And in fact, I've had conversations. My ex and I have a very good working relationship, working together, co-parenting relationship with the kids. And there's been times where we've each come to one another and said, I've got a real big concern here right now. And what I brought concerns up about things that are going on with with our kids, oftentimes she will say to me, yeah, well, you know, welcome to the world. This is uh, that's the same thing that I'm going through. It's not unique to you. Or, you know, we'll go through just, you know, and and we realize that the concerns that we have are the same concerns that any parent has. And and in fact, there's been times where where some of my kids have come up and have said, you know, I feel like I kind of lost out on on a dad. And I, and I understand that. First of all, that's a fair feeling to have. I don't want to minimize that feeling. On the other hand, I've said to them, let me ask you, what what have you missed out on that I would have done had I still been presenting male? And they kind of think for a little bit and they think for a little bit, you know, and I say, I'm, I'm really, I'm still just as interested in all of the same things that I was beforehand. 
and I'm not interested in all of the things that I was not interested in beforehand. So it's not like I ever did a great job of like, hey, let's go out and play catch with the ball. That was never my thing, although we would, and I would now. Like, sure, that's fine. We can go play catch. But that I've never been a let's go play catch kind of parent, either when I was a dad or now. But you uh, did play basketball with him. Oh, we, I mean, I would do it. I'm yeah. not very good at it, but I have no problem going and doing those things. But we would play games and we would do. But th- the point is who I was beforehand and who I am now are pretty much the same. Actually, you you kind of, I was your role model in some ways. And so a lot of things, I'm not a hunter, so you weren't a hunter. Uh I used to fish, but I gave that up a long time ago because I sold the boat because I didn't want to keep moving the boat every time I cut the lawn. Yeah, and actually, when I would go fishing with you, I remember I did not want to touch those fish because they were icky. <laughs> 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 um, uh, but then, you know, so then one of the kids thought and thought and thought and then said, you know, you never taught me to shave. And I said, actually, I have good news for you because... The the bad news for me is that the hair on your face does not, or the whiskers on your face does not go away just because you start taking hormones. And I said, I actually shave more than I did in the past. Why don't you come in and I'll show you how to shave? And we did. And it was the same talk as we would have had otherwise. Really, there were no differences. Like me teaching you how to tie a tie. And in fact, I taught one of the boys how to tie a tie the other day. We were out at, I think we talked about this the other the other week, the citywide rummage sale, and one of them bought a tie, and I said, here, let me show you how to tie the tie. Yeah. It wasn't any different, but if I didn't know how to tie a tie, nobody thinks my parenting was ruined because I had a parent that didn't show me how to tie a tie. No, but they will say, my childhood was ruined because I had a parent that didn't love me. Right. What really matters? And that leads us to the hardest part about the story. And I should just say, I've got a content warning here. I, we do talk about some, some very difficult issues, specifically dealing with suicide. So if that's difficult for you, you may want to skip this next part. When I was at the very end, really just recognizing that I couldn't hold off this transition any longer. It was a constant fight, daily, daily, sometimes hour by hour. It was just miserable, and I was miserable to be around, and everybody that was around me knew I had some kind of an issue. They couldn't put their finger on what it was, but I was a black cloud. And one day I came to the end of myself, and I thought, I can't continue living this way any longer. I would rather just not be here any longer. And they say that 42% of transgender people have attempted, and I unfortunately am part of that statistic. And I didn't try very hard. I didn't particularly want to succeed in that moment. But in that moment, I felt like my future, both Options, whichever one I chose, felt so bleak to me in that moment that I didn't really care if I did succeed. And my uh, my wife at that time, now my ex-wife, found me and said, what are you doing? And she immediately called you, Dad, 
and she called a few of my other friends and said, I, we, I need help because this is really bad. And Dad, you came and picked me up. And we've told this story at other times, but this is a different aspect that I want to talk about here this, this day. I remember sitting in your office, and I was really embarrassed at that point. I was, I, I wanted to pretend that this could just go away, and let's just ignore it, and let's pretend it's not as bad as it, as it really was. But this really brought it into focus, and you looked at me. We talked, and you kind of goofed around for a little bit because you wanted to you know, kind of get me out of the funk that I was in. Right. And then after we did, you said, you turned to me, you looked me in the eye, and you said, you need to do whatever it takes to stay alive for your children. And at that point, my entire paradigm that I'd been looking at, that this would be a selfish act for me to do, that I was taking away from my kids and, and this would be a bad thing for them, it completely turned around because I realized if I kept on that path that I was going, I first of all, I was not doing them any favors. I was not helping them by being miserable all the time and being a black cloud. And if I didn't make it for them, it, it would be better for them to have two living parents than to have a living mom and a dead father. Yep. And unfortunately, it was too close to that. Mm -hmm. That's a difficult story for me to tell, but it's an important one because I think we need to understand that if you're looking on the outside, if you're sitting on the outside and you're thinking, well, you know, I just don't think it's that good for the kids, and you're doing kind of your armchair speculation, you don't know the realities of the difficulties that we face. Imagine for yourself if somebody said, you could no longer live as yourself right now, or you could never have a partner that you were attracted to for the rest of your life, ever. You couldn't have uh, that husband or wife that you've been with. You, you, just, you were stuck because for the sake of your kids, you shouldn't have them. And imagine what kind of life you would be living. Can you imagine uh, uh, your life without mom? No, it of would course be, not. Would be, it would be really difficult, and that would not be... That wouldn't be healthy. And yet people tell LGBTQ plus people all the time, we don't think that your relationship, your loving relationship that brings you mental stability and brings you hope and brings you joy in your life, we don't think that that relationship is good for children. That doesn't make any sense. Absolutely. That. That is the message we need to deliver, and we need to deliver it more than once. So thank you for saying that. It really means a lot. Feel free to share this story with those who need to hear it. I think that's something that you want to walk away from this podcast and let that one stay in your mind for a while. And it's something that's a message that you can deliver to anyone. Until next week, when we're going to deliver a new message to you. And, and I want to leave you with a message of positivity, because that is what we're about here. The point is, we live in a world where things can be difficult. But when we have one another, when we're together, when we have loving relationships, that's what it's really all about. 
And Absolutely. We ho- and we hope you have a positive week. Get out there and live your life. Form those positive relationships. Mm-hmm.